just high inflation here or in Germany. You got, you know, you got 75% interest rates in Argentina, 83.5% um, uh, interest rates in Turkey as their um, inflation is running out of control. And the decisions that we are making, um, you could argue for the last couple of years, almost all of them have been wrong. And the biggest one of them all, in my opinion, at least in terms of a global perspective, was the weaponizing of the dollar. As the world reserve currency, it is not our prerogative or our right. And we are pushing so aggressively these decisions like weaponizing the dollar, like snubbing Saudi Arabia, um, with this green agenda, like calling to remove the military assistance, it just goes to show either these politicians are completely idiotic or they're doing this to accelerate the demise of the dollar and create the reset. Now, With the global economy being in shambles and central bankers moving towards a reset, it's never been a better time to protect your wealth by owning precious metals. Contact Andy at milesfranklin.com. Tell him Sarah sent you. He promised me he will guarantee you the lowest price anywhere in the country. Remember, email Andy at milesfranklin.com and tell him Sarah sent you. It's never been a better time to protect your future than now. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have the great Andy Sheckman of Miles Franklin coming to the program today. And boy, this discussion is going to go deep into the world of global finance and what's going on. It's the money behind the reset. And of course, he doesn't know everything that's going on, but he can tell you the actions that he's seeing and what it means. And this is kind of information that people need to know and you need to be prepared because at any time the reset could occur and we just don't know we could wake up tomorrow and the dollar is gone and something else is replacing it or there's a, a crash in the economy we just don't know and i don't want to scare people and i say at the end you know i, I don't want to personally be scared that i have to just be rational be grounded be spiritually grounded do rational things that protect my family and the people I love, and then do rational things to help make the situation better. And that's all we can do. And then we can sleep at night and know that we're we're gonna be okay. And that's why you have trust in God and, and a power bigger than yourself so that you know we're gonna make it through. Things are gonna be okay. But it's real and that we need to do our work to prepare for it. So when we say to buy silver, we really mean it. I mean, I really believe that people need to have silver. I tell everybody I know, at least get a little bit of silver. I think that you should switch your IRA over to something smarter than the stock market. But I am not an investment advisor, so I can't tell you that. But I sure know that doing something smart and safe is really prudent right now. And I am personally doing that. I'm getting gold and silver and I have been doing that for a while. That being said, I want to tell you again, I've been telling everybody this. I'm really anxious for the upcoming hearing that we're going to have on October 17th against Google. And I'm asking everybody to pray for the judges, pray that they have the courage to do what's right. Our case is so strong 
of state coercion and state action. You know, they cannot force or coerce or motivate or partner or do anything like that with someone to censor. And they clearly have, our case is so strong. So the bottom line is the judges just need to have the courage to do what's right. So I'm asking everybody to pray for that and pray for the judges because I don't know what kind of blackmail they'll be under, but they know what's right and they have children, they have families. And so doing what's right is to not let the state government censor people. That being said, remember the hearing is airing again. We, the people against Google is airing October 17th, which is next Monday at 9:30 Pacific time. And ironically, it's going to be aired on YouTube. But once we have the link, we will be sharing that and it'll go out everywhere. But again, just please pray for the judges because I think that's where our directed intent needs to go. And we know prayer works. It's been proven to work. So please do what you can and now let's pray for those guys. And if you have not donated yet, please go to givesendgo.com slash defending free speech. We still need some more funds. So let's get into this wonderful conversation with Andy Sheckman. Hi, Andy. Welcome back to the program. Sarah, it's been far too long. Thanks for having me. It has been. I could have you on once a week right now with what's going on. I want to start off with inflation. You know, I just got a report this morning that the true German inflation is 56%. Obviously, people mm. just can't handle this kind of inflation. And inflation really isn't because the market's all heated up. It's because they're overprinting. And, they, and so we have this horrible twofer going on where inflation is happening, not because of a star, strong market. And then we have the central banks all raising interest rates to try to bring down the inflation they created by overprinting. Yeah, well, first off, inflation is always a monetary event, always. Uh, inflation is an increase in the money supply. And if you throw in a decrease in production, which is exactly what we saw over the last three years where people were paid to sit home and eat bonbons and play video games, that's classic inflation. Increase in the money supply coupled with a decrease in production. We're chasing less stuff. People are are producing less stuff uh, and being showered with more money. That is is classic inflation. But it's also, I think, important to note that you know, I mean, just from a basic statement uh, or or concept, I believe that it is the ideal of every nation to be able to print as much money uh, and paper as they want, but at the same time, keeping inflation in check. And you wonder how the hell do they do that? The best way is to lie about the inflation rate, which is exactly what almost all nations are doing. And and this is, you know, I think um, uh, part and parcel to the CPI as an example. Our consumer price index is what we're we're told is the measurement of inflation, but it, it really isn't. Price rising prices are not inflation; they are a symptom of inflation. Um, rising prices are a, a byproduct of increase in the money supply, as we talked about. But um, when you when you take a look at the the CPI numbers at eight percent or eight and a half percent, it it's really fooey because. In 1980, they started to massage and change the metrics by which they measure inflation to fit their inflationary agenda. They stripped out food, energy, and housing, as an example. 
And someday you should have John Williams of Shadow Stance on your show. Um, he he's legend in this industry, um, and all he does is is cite things like unemployment from the Bureau of Labor Statistics or the the inflation rate um, that we're being fed, and measures it against the way they used to do this prior to 1980. And his latest reading on inflation faced the way that it used to be would put it closer to 18% than to 8%. And this is exactly what I'm saying, is that the governments want to print as much as they can, but lie about the the metrics and uh, lie about the, the calculus, and that's exactly what you get. But it's not just high inflation here or in Germany. You got you know, you have 75% interest rates in Argentina, 83.5% um, uh, interest rates in Turkey as their um, inflation is running out of control. And, you know, so I, I think that um, this, is, this is a problem world over, and this is part of the reason why we're seeing such uh, a, a, I guess you could call it a bare shelf syndrome in, in this industry because people globally are all facing the same issue, which is massive inflation. And it's, I think, awoken a lot of people to alternatives to traditional assets and to fiat currency. Well, and I think that uh, that's why we're seeing all the chaos, you know, the protests and the people in the streets, because they can't even afford to feed themselves in a lot of countries. Right. Well, and, and not only that, you have, which is a very unusual phenomenon, you have the dollar, which is at, you know, very, very strong, somewhere around 112, I think, last I looked on the dollar index, which is really, really very strong. So it's at, you know, huge, huge uh, burden to the rest of the world, who most of which are, are loaded with dollar debt, have to um, pay more money to buy dollars, which are high, uh, it, at the same time interest rates are rising, so making it that much more difficult. Um, but at the same time, the dollar, which is at you know, uh, really very strong, um, not quite all-time highs, but but uber high in relation to the other currencies right now is losing its relative value here at home as its value is being inflated away here. It's costing the rest of the world more money to service the dollar-based debts and, and making inflation even worse across the globe. In other words, we have exported a good deal of inflation around the globe and, and the rising rates and the strength of the dollar is only exacerbating that pain. Well, now, is that creating more animosity towards the United States? I mean, I, I would think that that would just, I think it's the central bankers who are the, the issue here, but they, the United States are getting blamed for everything that's going on. Well, I think a lot of it is, is um, that, but also a lot of it is, is, I think it's justified. The decisions that we are making, um, you could argue for the last couple of years, almost all of them have been wrong. And the biggest one of them all, in my opinion, at least in terms of a global perspective, was the weaponizing of the dollar. As the world reserve currency, it is not our prerogative or our right, in my opinion anyway, to pick and choose who can use it, uh, right. the world reserve currency, who can use the dollar. That should be uh, for world opinion. And when we kicked Russia out of SWIFT, when we 
sanctioned them and froze their assets, I think it it really jarred a lot of uh, countries around the world into wondering if they were next. You look at China, who sold north of $120 billion worth of our bonds in the last seven months. This is a country who certainly has their eyes set on Taiwan, and they're wondering, hmm, are we next? Um, and I think you're seeing this as being part of a galvanizing force to bring all the BRICS nations together, all the countries that are are forming a, a cohesive group against the Western hegemony and uh, perceived hypocrisy. And um, this is, is something that I think is was set in motion a long time ago, but accelerated greatly by weaponizing of the dollar. And, and you know, when you talk about perceived hypocrisy, look, I, I'm as patriotic as can be, but let's let's turn the, you know, let, let's put the shoe on the other foot. Imagine if this was a war between the United States and Mexico instead of Russia and the Ukraine. And Russia had the power to kick us out of SWIFT, to sanction us, to freeze our assets, and then to give $90 billion to Mexico, provide Stinger missiles and drones and the intelligence on where to drop the bombs. It's a declaration of war as far as yes. I'm concerned. Yes, it is. And you can see how these sanctions that we have imposed upon Russia have done a whole lot of nothing. You still have 85% of the world trading with Russia. Um, and so that 85% of the world, I think, has been awoken to the possibilities of them being next on the chopping block. And this is what I've been talking about now for quite some time uh, in terms of this coalition of, of countries that uh, are all forming an alliance. And um, you can see it in real time and it's accelerating. Uh, and this to me is the very, very biggest problem this country faces is the, um, the culmination of, I think, um, uh, centuries worth of Western dominance that is now um, forming a rallying cry to what amounts to pretty close to 90% of human population. And when you look at the admission of the BRICS nations that they are now going to issue a new world reserve currency to challenge the U.S. dollar, and as the um, uh, Russian finance minister came out and said it will be backed by um, uh, a basket of local currencies and commodities. And when we talk about gold being reclassified a tier one reserve asset in 2019, and all of these countries who are either in BRICS or have an expressed intention of joining BRICS, um, either are large producers and accumulators of gold or have been. As an example, you look at Turkey. Uh, Turkey, who was typically a Western friendly nation is has already expressed interest in joining the BRICS nations and have bought has bought more gold than any other central bank in the world over the last eight months. So these are all the countries that I believe are not only big producers and accumulators of it, but they are doing it for an intention, and that is to have a seat at the table. And that table will be a, a, a group of countries that will peg commodities to a new currency system. And in other words, it is the rallying cry against the Western hypocrisy and hegemony that brings everyone to the table. It is the pegging of commodities that gives everyone an equal footing. It is the glue that holds them all together so that everyone has an equal say. And I think that's exactly what you're gonna see happen. It's really starting to unfold right in front of our eyes.
Well, it's almost as if they're doing it on purpose to create the um, the new currency to shift to the other direction because there's the decisions they're making. I mean, people think this. The decisions they're making are so bad. And we know that um, Biden is compromised with China. So it, you start to wonder what is going on here. I, or do you think we're just well, like arrogant and that. stupid? Go well, ahead. I'm really glad you said that because... I've said that a lot, and as it pertains to uh, the weaponizing of the dollar, their actions and decisions with SWIFT were either completely naive um, and idiotic or intended. And if you have to think for a moment, I mean, if you do an action like that, if you weaponize the dollar, if you you take a, a, a stance that is as bold as the one that we have taken, what are the consequences, intended or not? And uh, I think that either they were completely stupid to not see the ramifications of that and the reverberations throughout the world, or um, or they did, and they understood that it would accelerate what is a, you could say, a systematic uh, unwinding of the Western system. And um, there's no question in my mind that this is, has been what has accelerated this process. And you can see it in all of the relationships that are that are being formed. You just had, as an example, Saudi Arabia and India meet in order to uh, discuss a um, oil for rupee trade agreement. Um, this is a, a huge deal. I mean, it's a huge deal uh, to see these countries that have always um, uh, purchased oil and, and, and commodities and dollars are now finding um, other avenues to, to do this. And, and you know, this is, this is a big deal. Uh, and it's a long-term infrastructure investment plan that they're talking about between using the real and, and the rupee. Um, that's just one of many. So when you see OPEC um, and Saudi Arabia as heavily involved in not only uh, the Belt Road Initiative, where every single one of the 13 countries uh, that comprise OPEC have signed up to the Belt Road Initiative, which is the largest infrastructure project in human history that you and I have talked about before, the U.S. is not part of, but you also have Saudi Arabia, who has expressed interest in applying for the BRICS nations. You're seeing all of these alliances being made directly as a result of our actions, many of which would be considered uh, impossible years ago. And then you have, you know, Bernie Sanders, this fool who comes out and says, we need to pull all military assistance from Saudi Arabia immediately. Well, I mean, does Bernie not know what makes the dollar the world reserve currency? What makes the dollar the world reserve currency is the protection of the Saudi kingdom and by extension, OPEC pricing oil in dollars globally. And if, if OPEC decides to pull that peg, which I believe they will, remember, they're all 13 countries are on the Belt Road Initiative. Six of the 13 countries are already in or express interest in joining BRICS. The seventh uh, United Arab Emirates just joined the BRICS banks. And look, you got you got OPEC up on a stage yesterday humiliating Biden right into his face saying, hey, uh, we're going to uh, not only are we not going to increase oil production for the West, we are going to uh, decrease production by two 
million barrels per day. And I, I think look, there's no nice way of saying this. They straight up snubbed them and the United States and they they made it known that they're not our friends and they don't care what we want. And I don't think they take Biden or his aspirations of getting uh, reelected seriously. But for Bernie Sanders to come out and say we must end OPEC's illegal price fixing cartel, eliminate military assistance to Saudi Arabia and move aggressively to renewable energy. Why the hell would they want to do anything to help us? That's um, right. We're destroying their way of life. They're going to join the BRICS nations, which is 90 percent of human population, and they're going to sell their oil to the countries that want to use a combustion engine. And we are pushing so aggressively these decisions like weaponizing the dollar, like snubbing Saudi Arabia um, with this green agenda, like calling to remove the military assistance. It just goes to show either these politicians are completely idiotic or they're doing this to accelerate the demise of the dollar and create the reset. Now, you know, it's almost hard to believe that that's even possible. Um, but you have to ask yourself, you know, these decisions, these public statements are, um, I don't know, they're, they're tantamount, to, tantamount to, to idiocy, stupidity, or something very diabolical and, and thought out. I don't really know which one it is yet. Well, it's, it's, that's me too. It's like, okay, well, are they really this stupid? That's the, the question. It's like we're trying to give a, it's, you ha, you're giving them the benefit of the doubt because you just can't believe they're that stupid. And if they're not that stupid, then they're doing it on purpose. Right. So it's incredible. Right. And that's the point. Yeah. And now the other thing is the mass media keeps talking about how Russia's losing. And we know that's just not true. So wh what do you think about that? I mean, they just flat out are lying about what's going on in Ukraine. Um, I think that all that is doing is... is um, here again, accelerating the um, accelerating the, the demise of the Western system. If you look at uh, just a, a few weeks ago, Putin gave a speech and um, was to um, 68 nations uh, that comprised a um, um, a Eurasian uh, conference, um, and he basically said. I'll read it, and I quote, the obsolete unipolar model is being replaced by a new world order based on the fundamental principles of justice and equality, as well as the recognition of the right of each state and people to own their sovereign path of development. Powerful political and economic centers are taking shape right here in the Asia Pacific region, acting as a driving force in this irreversible process. So, you know, say the media can say what they want. But um, all of it is pointing towards uh, more cooperation and coordination between these countries. And like it or not, Russia and China are at the head of the table. Um, and the Ukraine war, as awful as it is, is uh, almost as if it is um, uh, a sideshow. It is, it is what we are focusing on what the Western media is focusing on, what the rest of the world is um, um, having no problem signing long-term trade agreements with, with Russia. Um, and 
like I said, 85% of the world is still trading with them. Russia has signed agreements with Saudi Arabia, with Nigeria, with India, um, with you know all of the, the 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 BRICS countries and all of the friendly countries to trade their their energy in uh, either in gold or in ruble or in other friendly currencies. And um, I just think that it's all it's all about misdirection, and we are in the center of. Uh, of that misdirection right now and we're being fed all of the wrong information and focusing on the wrong things so this is just more of the same thing Sarah the same thing that we've seen now for two years is this horrifying for you to see what's really going on and then hear what the decisions we're making and what they're telling us is going I mean because we're going to be left in the dark once things start to go down right I mean the American people are going to be I have to open their eyes at some point and see the truth. It'll be after it's far too late. Well, that's 100%. what I mean. And what are we um, going to see? What are we going to wake up to at yep. some point? So it, it's, you know, I've been talking about for quite some time um, what it looks like, that moment. Look, as I was talking about uh, Bernie Sanders and antagonizing uh, the Saudis with that type of rhetoric, the, 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 the whole system is so fragile right now, built upon a synthetic demand for the dollar, where since 1974, every country on the planet has had to own dollars in order to buy oil, because that was the deal that we struck with OPEC in 1974 and the Saudi kingdom. So if if all of a sudden realizing that every single OPEC country is on the Belt Road and that the BRICS nations has a huge pull on Saudi Arabia, who is now going to join, who is already selling their oil to China for the new petro-yuan bond, same thing with Nigeria, all it would take is for Saudi Arabia to pull the peg and say, listen, you know, we've, and the rest of our OPEC-producing countries, all of our join not only the Belt Road, but the BRICS nations, and we have decided to open up oil sales and other currencies, not just in U.S. dollars, it's game over uh, very quickly because all of those countries will dump dollars. They don't have to hold them to own, uh, they don't have to hold them any longer to buy oil. And when that happens in a coordinated fashion, when the dollar gets dumped globally, and I think it would happen very quickly. And all those dollars come flooding home and creating massive inflation here at home. The byproduct of that event would be spiked interest rates. Interest rates will always spike along with inflation in order to compensate for the loss of purchasing power. And so when interest rates spike, you have um, the three pillars of wealth in this country inversely correlated to that event, stocks, bonds, and real estate. And so what does that look like when the markets open up limit down? What does that look like when um, you have interest rates at, you know, 10, 12, 14, 15 percent? Um, you tell me. That's a religious experience in this country. Everyone who feels wealthy uh, in their 401ks, their, their, their home prices, their equity accounts, it's all an illusion that has been... Um, blown to sky-high valuations through low interest rates, really manipulation of interest rates, and 
um, a, a massive increase in the money supply, where our country has created more money in three years than they have in the entire history of the country. So much of that money has been plowed into assets where hedge, hedge funds can borrow billions of dollars at next to nothing and plow it all into equities and cryptocurrencies and, and real estate and push prices sky high, uh, creating very much in, uh, you know, in the way of distortions of, of um, uh, price discovery, misallocations of resource and capital. And, and these, these uh, distortions um, are, are a direct byproduct of, of suppressed interest rates and easy money. And so you have asset prices at levels that are unrealistic in many cases. When interest rates spike, those assets will collapse. So you ask, what does it look like? That to me is the biggest threat of all. It is not what the Fed is going to do by pussyfooting around raising interest rates 50 basis points here and 75 basis points there. It's a global dumping of dollars because OPEC says we're, we're going to sell it uh, oil and other currencies that very quickly creates a religious experience. And when those countries dump dollars and there's way more dollars around the globe than there are here, if you think inflation is bad now, watch what happens when 80% of humanity dumps dollars because they no longer need to hold them to buy oil. That is the reset right there that Klaus Schwab talks about. How do you get a great reset? You get a great reset when interest rates spike to the moon and all of the wealth in this country is inversely correlated to it. And the coup de grace is also killing the fourth pillar of wealth, the dollar. So you bury the dollar and the byproduct of that is spiking interest rates, which bury stocks, bonds, and real estate. And it happens immediately in an event like that. And this kind of rhetoric of saying, pull all the military support away from Saudi Arabia just goes to show Bernie Sanders is a complete idiot and a moron and a fool and doesn't understand history and doesn't understand just how significant our relationship with OPEC is and what it means to being the world reserve currency. You pull that, and we are nothing other than a fiat currency and a banana republic because we are, you know, 30 plus trillion in debt on balance sheet, 130 trillion off balance sheet, Medicare, Medicaid, government, and military pension, Social Security alone is $55 trillion underfunded. So, you know, we are insolvent. And the only reason we've been able to live the way that we have is by the graces, the good graces of our foreign creditors in those days, I think, are coming to an end. Well, and so this is all going to happen like overnight, and we just don't know when. Is that, yeah. I mean, it, and it's coming I quick, I think it would happen it? on a Monday morning. You'd wake up to a new reality. It would be Sunday night. It'd be Sunday night in China, all the members of the BRIC nation standing together. OPEC makes that announcement, um, and it happens just like that. Monday morning, everything opens up, limit down. And I think that's a real possibility and a real reality. And, and to your point, the um, decisions that are being made by the politicians are only exacerbating it, whether it be antagonizing Saudi Arabia, whether it be, um, uh, you know, pushing Russia out of SWIFT. And now, showing the ultimate level of desperation, they go to Maduro in Venezuela and beg him for more oil. Let's not forget he's part of the Belt Road Initiative also. These countries are laughing at our administration. They're laughing at the United States, just like uh, OPEC did. Let's not forget that, you know, um, 
I don't I don't think that uh, uh, going to to Venezuela is is going to be a uh, a good solution and they're part of the OPEC conglomerate as well. I think we have become a laughing stock in their eyes and um, all of these actions that we're seeing are, are only going to accelerate the demise of the dollar and the demise of of the world reserve standard and and I think you can see it happening in real time. Well, and, and it seems like it's on purpose because their decisions are so stupid and it's just happening. But because they're lying to the American people, the people are going to be even more hurt, I think, because they're not preparing. Well, yeah. I mean, most people are woefully uh, underprepared. Most people, I think over 60% of the public is living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, most of the country can't write out a check for $5,000. Um, and most people don't even acknowledge this. Even the people who are very successful and and, and uh, very bright and well-read, they're just reading the wrong things. And I can't blame them for it. I mean, when I, I've been doing a presentation publicly lately talking about this progression of events that I've talked with you about many times over the last few years, and these events that I've talked with you about keep the line, this progression keeps adding. And um, when I give this presentation, I there are four or five incredibly important things that I call mile markers. And I ask people in the stage, uh, in the audience from the stage, have you ever heard about this? And most people say no. I mean, most people don't know that the dollar is world reserve currency because of a, the protection of the Saudi kingdom and the OPEC relationship. Most people don't even know of the Belt Road Initiative, which is incredibly significant. Most people don't know that the day we left Saudi Arabia, or excuse me, the day we left Afghanistan, Russia and Saudi Arabia and Russia and Nigeria struck joint military cooperation agreements. And it has been our protection of Saudi Arabia that has given us world reserve. Um, and on and on and on. And the things that I that I talk about that are that are that are factual, um, we're not being told. Um, and you know, gold being reclassified the only other tier one reserve asset in the world next to U.S. dollars, nobody knows about it. And so there are these these mile markers or signposts along the way which are pointing to global de-dollarization, and no one knows about it. And so when you talk about people being caught off guard, there is no question that people will be caught off guard because A, they are unprepared, most of them from a financial standpoint, but more of them from an informational standpoint. And um, uh, I think it's going to be, um, it's gonna be a, a rough road if some of these things happen uh, to a lot of people in this country. Even the very wealthy people who um, are woefully underprepared in terms of their positioning to an event like that, uh, and also to um, to just being aware of of what's coming down the pike. So, yeah, there are you and I and the people who listen to you, Sarah, are the the uh, the minority to say the least. Yeah, and and it, that's what's so frustrating about being so censored is that you know you're trying to get all this information out to people to help people. I've been on this mission of just getting out as much to help people. I know you have too. And the fact that we're censored is just incredible. 
because it's it's hurting people beyond belief. Now they when this all goes down, we're going to see riots and unrest like never before in this country, I would think. No question about it. Absolutely. Uh, that's a that's a for sure. Um, and, you know, you have to ask yourself, why did the Social Security Administration, why does the IRS, why are they publicly admitting that, you know, they're buying um, AR-15s, they're buying ammunition? What is Social Security and, and weapons? Why are the people that are being hired by the IRS being told that they, on the application, that they have to be willing to, to uh, use a firearm? Um, you know, these are these are questions that when you bring them up to most people, they laugh at you as being a conspiratorialist. But, you know, you can look at the application that people signed, um, filled out to join the new 80,000 IRS agents that are being proposed instead of the 80,000 border agents that we really need. They're, they're going after, um, you know, small businesses and and the public to squeeze as much from them as they possibly can instead of doing what they should do and uh, protecting the um, the borders and and uh, beefing up the police and um, doing what they can to to uh, to make this country a safer place but why are these things happening why are why why do we see <laughs> the weapon the weaponizing of of many of these agencies and they openly admit it if not to expect some sort of uh, uh, of a problem when 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 the dam breaks, when when the markets collapse, um, I think it's very obvious. Yeah, people aren't going to want to pay taxes if they feel like the government has done things to hurt them on purpose, or they're so incompetent. It's like you don't want to pay for a co a contractor that you hired to do your house if they give you a leaky roof. You know, I mean, it's that same concept. People are right. going to be that frustrated. Of course, I think they already are. Oh yeah. And this the that type of a situation and those type of actions will only make it worse.